We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spins away, baseline shot, Shea puts it in, and walks it off in OKC. Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with the finger roll. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Postgame Show, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host for the night, J.D. Silva, here to discuss the Thunder's 128-111 to L to the Toronto Raptors. It's only right that I were to cover the game that could potentially get the Thunder to 500. The carrot on the stick that this team just keeps on chasing after. That's me. That's the curse. And that's the L. We should have put Justin on this game for one. He has the best record among all of us as far as covering games, wins and losses. Justin, this one's on you. Before I get started... Be sure to sub to us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating if you haven't done so already. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Hey, Twitter, I don't want to see if people have bookmarked a tweet. The Thunder are now 34 and 36. It hurts. Starting lineup, the huge with everyone healthy. It's SGA, it's Lou Dort, it's Josh Giddy, it's J-Dub, it's J-Will. The Toronto broadcast had a hell of a time differentiating who people were on this team. Kept calling Isaiah Joe, Isaiah George. Had the whole J-Dub, J-Will fiasco for much of the first game, or much of the first half. Great time. Some big takeaways. Uh, Thank you guys for joining along, uh, following along in the chat. Feel free to ask any questions. I'll uh, come back to those near the end. But uh, some big takeaways. First one rebounding with an exclamation point rebounding second one it's a two for size mismatches and defensive tests and the third one sga showing out in canada so let's uh start breaking this game down we'll uh go through the game summary break down some stats and uh, talk about this game uh so in quarter one obviously the quest was can the Thunder get to 500? They came out looking really decisive on offense, looking really aggressive. I thought they 
did a really good job of so th- this game was going to be a size mismatch no matter what coming in Toronto Toronto, let me just say this really quick before we start. Toronto is similar to OKC from a from a team building standpoint and not similar. They OKC drafts for right now, they draft for positional size and skill. Those are the main things. It's not necessarily they're not just drafting athletes. It's you want size, above average size for your position, skill, meaning Good, uh, a good playmaker, good feel for the game, able to shoot or at least have the potential to shoot down the road. Toronto, it's like instead of they, they put eighty percent of their weight into positional size and a little bit less into the skill factor as far as shooting and things like that. They're just a huge team, is what I'm trying to say. Every it seems like everyone outside of Fred VanVleet and occasionally Gary Trent Jr. when he's out there, are just massive. So I came to this game thinking that it was going to be a lot like the Pelicans games that I've covered this year, where, oh shit, everyone is under, like, everyone is undersized. The, the Ken Rich at five, the J-Dub at five, is it's tough. You have Jakob Pertl, Pascal Siakam, um, Scotty Barnes, Chris Boucher, all these, OG Ananobi, all these guys uh, are huge like wider and taller than most everyone on the Thunder's roster right now. Um, so it's tough. They, they were constantly fighting throughout this whole game. And back to our summary, early on, I thought they really did a really good job of uh, ball denial, just not letting guys in the post get the ball. And if they did, very quickly swarming them and not allowing them to get a good position for a bucket. Um, seven minutes into this game, though, that method gave the Raptors 10 free throw attempts, just seven minutes in to the first quarter, 10 free throw attempts already. Um, got a quick Usman Jang cameo in the first uh, on back-to-back possessions. He played really good post-defense on OG Andernobi and then hit a corner three immediately after. Nice little uh, flash of talent from him. Um, we see Trey Mann pretty early on in this game. Um, we'll talk about his exact box score earlier, but yeah, saw, saw a lot of Trey Mann. Looked pretty good. Um, this is where the messiness starts to come into this game, though. I thought that uh, pretty early on, they started to double SGA, sometimes right after he crossed half court. That caused, that really mucked the game up. This game felt very chaotic for large stretches, and that chaos kind of started to knock on the door at the end of the first. Uh, that first quarter ends 29-28 in Toronto's favor. Uh, OKC will not lead this game beyond this, I don't believe. Uh, quarter two, J-Dub hits a three right at the gate. Vibes are great. But then we see some straight-up full-court press from Toronto. Nick Nurse always trying some weird shit on defense, and he uh, absolutely did that tonight. Mixed in some random zone possessions, uh, threw in some full-court press just to throw the rhythm off of people. Um, interesting to watch uh, what he does on defense, and it definitely gave this young Thunder team some trouble. Um, just hard to handle that type of pressure for a whole game, especially if there's a size mismatch, and we saw that with turnovers throughout the game. Uh, SGA starts going off though, seven of eight from the field midway through the second quarter. Uh, Trey man coming out, eating his broccoli, playing good on defense, getting steals, making the right pass. The pace of this game at this point through the second is just insane. Uh, everyone looks exhausted by, by halftime. And right as the halftime buzzer sounds, SGA bangs a three in, uh, from the from three and uh, looks just looks great. Uh, he has that puts him up to 19 points in the first half. Um, go look that shot up if you haven't seen it. It was awesome. 
So at halftime, Toronto leads 64 to 59. We head into quarter three. Uh, we randomly see maybe the best pass of Josh Giddy's career. It was a behind the back in, in the middle of, of traffic pass to Jay, a cutting Jay will all happening in the paint. Um, didn't make sense to me. Like optically, I had to watch the replay several times, but it was a lot of times behind the back passes are, you know, just for the, the extra flair. But Josh would not have been able to make this pass had he passed it in front of him. So the behind the back uh, had some utility behind it this time, I'll say. Uh, the Raptors lead balloons to 11 in the first couple minutes of this third quarter, though. Uh, you really start to notice that the Raptors are dominating the Thunder on the glass. So then we see an interesting decision by bringing in Olivier Saar uh, into this game. Uh, not seeing much Dario Saric, not seeing much JRE, although we got a quick cameo. Uh, just randomly throwing in Olivier Saar. So my thought is, okay, he's just going to be you know, a, another tall guy. Hopefully he can keep the Raptors off the glass. Maybe that's Mark's thought here. Well, a few possessions after Saar comes in, the Raptors get five offensive rebounds on in one possession. Just miss after miss after miss, just continuing to grab every single rebound until they eventually put it back into the uh, into the hoop. It was disgusting to watch. Just gross. I uh, just wanted it to end, and, and the game really begins to tilt in the Raptors' favor at this point. You do see some really fun Trey man, Isaiah Joe threes uh, trading threes a couple times. Um, that was very short lived though. Uh, the thunder somehow clinging to life, even though the game is the momentum is like in the Raptors favor for sure. But the thunder are still only down six heading into quarter four. That quarter opens up with a massive run by Toronto, including Josh getting dunked on by OG and Jada responds by, nearly getting one of the dunks of the season on Christian Coloco uh, actually uh, bloodied his nose. And he had to be taken to the locker room on this one, but that would have been um, easily J-Dub's best dunk of the year. And one of the best dunks in the NBA season period. Um, but after this point, Toronto is just kind of feeling it. And this, this lead that the thunder have kept been able to keep right around double digits or below uh, just bo- continues to balloon goes up to 20 at one point. Uh, the Raptors, uh, just by war of attrition, being bigger, just making shots, having a free throw advantage, having an offensive rebound advantage, um, ended up winning this war. And the Thunders stay away from 500 once again. Once again, they get away. I think I've, I'm pretty sure I've covered another game where they're trying to get to 500, and that one was also a loss. The curse, my curse has not been as strong this season, but when it matters, damn it, it shows back up. Uh, let's get into some personal analysis. Uh, break down some of these box scores. We can touch on SGA since he was our player of the game. He was awesome. Um, just hitting insane in-traffic shots overall this length up, above the treetops. Uh, finished 12 of 19 from the field, 1 of 1 from 3. That one being a buzzer beater as the halftime buzzer expired. For only 4 of 5 from the line. Kind of alarming to me because Shea, as you can see, only attempted one three, meaning all of his other shots were closer to the rim. He was driving a ton, uh, just not getting calls. Don't know why. Um, he certainly, I th- certainly think he should have earned more than five, is all I'll say. I'm not advocating for like 18 or something, but uh, maybe a few more would have would have helped. And it's not just a 
score thing. Like obviously five more points in the Thunder's favor are not going to win in this game. But SGA oftentimes uses the free throw line to break up the pace of the game. And like I said earlier, the pace of this game got really chaotic, really fast. Um, SGA also had two steals on the night, 29 points overall, three rebounds, three assists. Really good. Really good from him. Uh, no complaints, really. I thought he did what he could. Uh, did what he could. Uh, and that is someone in our uh, Stone Weaver from our chat mentioned that uh, SGA actually only hit four free throws, attempted five. Um, thank you for bringing that up. Let's go on to our next takeaway here. I think it's probably time to talk about just this size matchup in general. And we've said this a million times, Chet Holmgren will help a ton in matchups like this. Uh, But in general, whenever you are, I mean, they had 20 more rebounds. The Thunder had 39 rebounds. Toronto had 59. Thunder had 11 offensive rebounds. Toronto had 19. Toronto also had 11 more assists than the Thunder. Two more blocks, less turnovers. Uh, Really tough, really tough. Nine more second chance points. Just lost the numbers game in, in the margins. And it feels like right now, a, a team of this, I don't remember the last Toronto game and, and how it exactly, I know the Thunder won handily, uh, but remind me, I don't remember if that one was just, they were the Thunder were just hot from three, and that's how they were able to work around Toronto's size. Uh, but the if the Thunder weren't hitting threes, they were just swarmed in the paint uh, with all the length Toronto has to offer. And that, that was an, it's an interesting puzzle to see OKC try and crack because so much of their offense revolves around cutting, driving, cutting, driving, and passing out of that and rotating quickly. Felt like if the Thunder weren't hitting threes to keep their defense honest, uh, they could kind of hang back, play zone, and keep the Thunder out of the paint. Or if they did get into the paint, they would be met with a ton of resistance. So that'll be interesting moving forward to see how the Thunder play against teams like Toronto, teams like the Pelicans that are just huge across the board. Um, Really interesting. Really interesting. Um, let's move on and talk about uh, J-Dub. J-Dub was an interesting one tonight. Um, stat line was kind of what you'd expect uh, from him. Bring it up right now. He was 15 points. Uh, yes, 15 points, seven rebounds, three assists, one steal, two turnovers, uh, six of seven from the free throw line, four of 11 from the field, one of three from three. This was a really interesting uh, look into J-Dub's defensive offerings, I think. He was guarding, felt like he was never guarding someone that was the same size as him. Either if he was, if he guards down a position, he's guarding someone as small and fast as Fred Van Vliet. If he guards up, he's guarding someone that's like 6'10", 6'9", and, and is huge. Uh, in either Pascal Siakam, Jakob Pertl, Scotty Barnes. So really interesting to see him have to adapt quickly and maneuver between those two types of uh, of matchups. And honestly, he, and I don't think this is a fault of his own, but it felt like every time he was locked into a one-on-one possession with these guys later into the game, Scotty Barnes would just hit an insane baseline turnaround jumper that I don't feel like is a great shot for him, but he kept hitting them. They hit two or three in a row on J-Dub. Pascal Siakam uh, caught him with a couple post moves once before. Fred Van Vliet hit him with a jab step, step back three. 
I don't think Jadav did a bad job. Um, I just think he, it was tough. Good God. It is, it is insanely windy in Oklahoma city. Uh, if any of you other folks listening in are here, that's uh, going to, hopefully my window doesn't get blown in during the broadcast. That would be, that'd be cool to rewatch on, uh, on YouTube after, I guess. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, but back to J-Dub, really interesting uh, for him. He was able to stay involved on offense. Uh, this this would be a night where in the future you would hope J-Dub would take more than three threes to kind of break up uh, what Toronto is is doing here. Uh, but either way, I thought he did thought he did fine for the most part. It was a test. Was a test for him. Um, rookies face tests like this all the time. I think next next season he can come back and be stronger so that way he can deal with people that are bigger than him uh, and maybe a little faster. That way he can deal with a guy like Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet just had a hot shooting night. Um, it felt like he was only three of seven from three, but it felt like you just kept hitting them on our poor Jada. Uh, poor Jada. Um, moving on to our next takeaway. We can talk about Josh a little bit. Um, a fine game for Josh Giddy. This is a weird one. Um, he finishes with uh, 13 points, 6 of 11 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, uh, one, only one assist, which somehow was that, like, it, maybe the best assist of his career was his the one assist he had tonight. Uh, one steal, um, 7 rebounds. Just a weird game from him. Uh, we know that his game is mostly, mostly powered by uh, really powerful drives working his way into getting a floater, uh, posting guys up. He just he didn't really have anyone that he could exploit like that um, on Toronto, unless he somehow got matched up with, with Van Vliet, but that didn't happen that often. He fortunately was able to hit a three. But, yeah, um, Stone Weaver in our chat brings up a good point that kind of ties in with what I'm talking about here. He says, I don't think, I don't think of us as small because we're so long. With Shea's seven-foot wingspan, J-Dub's 7'2", 
uh, 6'8 wingspan from Giddy, adding some unconventional positional length. But the Raptors have like four wings around 6'8 or so. Uh, totally agree with what you're saying. Totally agree. That's that's the difference. They have they have length and girth. You might say you might say a little girth uh, on Toronto uh, with a Thunder man. They just have length. What are we talking about again? <laughs> are we still talking about basketball? Um, but back to Josh Giddy. Couldn't just couldn't open up his bag of tricks really. Um, a lot of length and size comments in the chat. Hope we're still talking about basketball. Um, yeah, not much else to say about Josh. I, I don't worry about the one assist thing. It was a lot of arms in the way. Uh, really tough for him to get in rhythm in any way. Uh, moving forward into this, into the next week of matchups, that is when we will want to see more. We're going to face uh, more traditional teams as far as uh, matchups, size matchups. But damn, the upcoming schedule is, is really difficult, and we'll dive into that in just a second. We can quickly touch on Lou Dort, who had a who had a toughie, did well guarding Gary Trent and Fred Van Vliet when he was on him. But uh, Ludor had 10 points on two of 11 from the field, one of six from three, five assists. That's great. Eight rebounds. That's cool. It does feel like Lou oftentimes does not get open shots, even though he might, it might seem like he's open. It takes him so long to get his shot up that almost all of them look very contested. And I was really feeling that tonight uh, in, for the guys who were guarding him and closing out on him. So I get, I get it. Um, you still have to get his 10 points, uh, five of five on the free throw line, had the same amount of free throw attempts uh, as SGA. And yeah, just, just your, your traditional, not great Ludor line. Um, but then he'll come out and have a game like he did on, I think it was Sunday where he just is, is awesome. So the pendulum swings in the opposite direction, and it'll swing back, hopefully against Phoenix on Sunday. We will see. Uh, I was a little puzzled why Dario Saric only got 12 minutes. Uh, Olivier Saar got 10. I don't know what Saar offers. Like I know Saar, I think, is taller than Dario, but I, I would – I'm not a coach. I'm not a coach, obviously. Uh, I would choose Dario's uh, width, strength, and experience over Saar's just length in that matchup. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, it happens. Dario had four points, one rebound, two assists in his limited minutes. JRE came in, only played eight minutes. Feel bad for the guy. Don't I, I need to look up his box score. I don't know how many shots he has hit since returning from his ankle injury. He was 0 of 2 tonight with three rebounds and one assist. Um, tough. Tough for him right now. Uh, he'll keep trying to find his rhythm. Mark reaffirmed that he still believes in Trey and, and JRE and that them not being in the rotation is a good test for their mentality. So I don't expect, I, I, I assume they'll play soon. I don't know if they'll play Sunday, um, but they'll stay ready. and They'll play again sometime soon. I mentioned uh, we got a Trey man appearance before uh, Trey man did play 20 minutes tonight, five of nine from the field, two of three from three, two rebounds, one assist, 12 points mixed review. Um, mixed review on Trey's performance. I thought it was fine. Uh, some of the possessions just kind of, he got a little tunnel vision on some of his possessions 
and it, you can kind of tell it's from a lack of confidence and a lack of rhythm. It's like he'll end up with so much space or he'll end up with a wide open shot and he's like surprised by that. And then the possession just kind of ends after he's surprised by that and, and either passes it to someone else or holds it for too long. So those things, uh, I, I was happy to see Trey score a bit tonight at least and do some of the dirty work. He um, fought hard on defense, I thought, did what he could. Good to see him out there, I guess. Might as well play him, see what he could do. Only nine minutes uh, for Andrew uh, Aaron Wiggins uh, tonight, 0 of 1 from the field, two points. Isaiah Joe, 24 minutes, uh, finished with 12 points, 3 of 5 from 3, looks good. Looked fine, I will say. Usman, only 13 minutes. Lindy, four minutes. Uh, that is mostly it for the game. Um, we can look ahead. Before we pop out, we can look ahead at the upcoming schedule for OKC. It's going to be tough uh, coming up. On Sunday, in this weird afternoon slot, it's the Phoenix Suns. Uh, KD will still be out, so it's not all hope is lost in that game. SJ will play. Then they get a day off on that next Monday, followed by two games in a row against the Clippers on Tuesday and Thursday. That's March 21st and 23rd. Then that Friday, they'll play against the Lakers. So the Clippers and Lakers Thursday-Friday slot is a back-to-back. I wonder if... I wonder which one SJ will play in. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. The Lakers are closer to them in the standings, so I wonder if there's I wonder if that'll be the one he plays in. Uh really interested to see. Uh but that is obviously a very crucial stretch for OKC if they're wanting to make the play in still, which I believe that's what they're working towards here. So um yeah, we'll see how that one goes. Uh, our pal Jacob Niffin tweeted that he kind of sees the rest of this season as being broken up into three stretches. You have this first really hard stretch, which is Phoenix, LA, LA, LA. All back to back. Then you have a slightly easier four game stretch. After that, Portland, Charlotte, Detroit, Indiana. In my eyes, all those are winnable. Uh, then you have the final four, which are a mixed, mixed bag, but more difficult than the last one. It's Phoenix, Golden State, Utah, Memphis. Um, yeah, really interesting. Really, really interesting. Uh, remaining twelve games for OKC. Um, so much to look forward to, regardless. So much excitement in all these games. Uh, even tonight when they kind of got their ass kicked in the fourth, it was still really, really fun uh, to watch. So thank you guys for listening. Um, Amen says, thanks for an earlier stream. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, it's going to be tough with all these L.A. games starting at 930 Central. Will it be a late night for all the uncontested boys next week? Uh, thank you guys so much for listening in. We will see you all on Sunday. Have a great night. Thunder up. Adios.